Real Talk with Bella. I am your host, Vanessa Campos, uh, along with Chanel Amari from Chanel in the City. We have a really interesting um, scenario today because we are all coronavirus quarantined, um, but we are uh, super, super excited to be able, you know, thank God for technology that we're able to um, do this for you guys. Um, and have our lovely guest joining us today, which I know we'll introduce in a few minutes. Jennifer, of course, Bella's publisher, is joining us. Um, and we're, we have a really fun show for you guys today. Go ahead, Chanel. Okay, ready? Um, we have a very exciting episode. This is the main actress on Sci-Fi's number one scripted series, The Magicians, which premiered its fifth season last month on Netflix. Please welcome the amazing Jay Taylor, who is joining us over the phone, like Vanessa said right now, due to what's happening with this coronavirus. How are you, Jade? I'm great, thanks. How are you? <laughs> Good. So, Vanessa, you want to talk a little bit about, like, how we're all quarantining before we get into some questions <laughs> with Jay today? Well, I, you know, this, this interview was supposed to be happening at our Times Square studio, which um, is always so much fun to right. do. We always, and the energy of just being in the city and, and just, you know, um, it's super energizing and it's super cool when we all get together and do this in studio. But of course, um, there's a mandate everywhere that, um, you know, if you could stay indoors, please do. I think that the I'm trying not to panic, you know, I'm not, I'm trying not to go into like panic mode or hysteria mode, but I do believe that we all tend to get stir crazy. You know, that's the term, right? We get stir crazy or we get cabin fever when we're locked up inside for too long. Um, and there's, um, I, I feel like there's several viewpoints about how to take this all in stride, right? We know that sh we shouldn't be gathering, right. um, in places where you know they're they're saying between 50 you know 50 or more people should be uh, gathering um we know that we should we should be extra careful obviously when you're coming into your home you know um make more frequent hand washing a more frequent habit than you would um initially you know that that you did before although it also makes us all think like weren't people washing their hands before like <laughs> it makes you kind of like what, what is happening yeah it's like we're gonna have other problems like shaking yeah. like my fingers literally falling off because it's so dry well but, yeah. i was just yeah. thinking this morning i was like oh my god if sandpaper was like a trend my hands feel mm. like sand like i've been washing my hands so much um i have children and i have dogs so it, it's just you know you're constantly in that mode of just um being extra cautious um, but at the same time, you know, I think that when we allow like the mass hysteria energy just get to all of us, then we begin to react in a way that isn't, um, that isn't even human, right? Like I, yeah. I've heard stories yeah. of people literally getting in fights over toilet paper and people being inconsistent. I mean, um, I watched another video this morning from a doctor in Spain, um, who was literally urging young people to stay out of the emergency rooms because they're coming in overcrowding just because they have a cough doesn't mean that you have the coronavirus um we need to just be um aware educate ourselves you know um i've been making a point to check the cdc on a daily basis just to see what the final updates are because you can get lost in the mix of everything that's being put out from multiple uh news sources it can make you a little crazy um how are you dealing right. with all of this jade <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks for talking um you know it's it's been really interesting because i think um I, going to the store i think the thing wasn't the like the the virus itself that scared me because mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's the flu it's but it's 
being aware of the people that are high risk and being really conscious of that and making sure that, you know, you might think, oh, I'm just seeing one person. But if you have it, you might see that one person that might go and see a hundred and you really don't know. And so I think it's really forcing people to be more considerate and cautious, but also I've seen people like at grocery stores and things just a friend of mine had water stolen out of her cart when she was placing it in her car like it's gotten really intense oh my um, god that's crazy yeah has it affected jade has it affected production like have they shut down production with the magicians like well, are I'm you guys done we, with we, fin we finished filming so we finished filming in november december and oh good so, yeah, so we we aren't affected in that way. I mean, it's just airing on TV, so we can live tweet. So it hasn't affected our work in any way. Um, but I, I know that there's so many people. Like I worry for. Like I went to the store the other day uh, to return something, like almost a week ago at this point, because I'm trying to quarantine at this, you know, during this time. But this girl, she's probably I don't know, nineteen twenty, um, who was the teller returning while well, I was returning my dress. And she was explaining how her schools were shut down and talking about like the potential of not having a job. And I just like worry for those young ones that don't have, you know, money in their bank account, um, kids that are, are being taken out of school that, where they get their one hot meal a day. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing that concerns me most. Like I really like, for me, I'm really lucky especially in comparison to the rest of the world and what they're going through and I just wish there was something that I could do to yeah totally that, and you know and I I think the the I think the premise of our show today is about you know Vanessa and I were talking in Jen about how magic right because of the magicians how we sprinkle magic and spirituality in our own lives and I think it comes to this bigger picture for me at least that <clears throat> it's almost like someone's telling us to slow down right and try to okay. reflect during this time and instead of fight each other be kind more kind to one another and see yeah. how can we help because I don't think it's just the virus like you said because at the end of the day with more education it is like the flu but it's more of like what are we doing as a society what are we doing as human beings that is creating this pandemic you know what I'm saying and continuing yeah it's like you the know, end of the world right well like, to me, I, I think you know way. what's interesting and and Jen and I texted this morning um you know she's like you know she's like let me go get ready for this podcast I'm gonna finally look like a human and I'm like I know I've been in sweats since Saturday <laughs> afternoon it feels it feels like I mean in a in it's incredible how when you're told not to stay home you know you choose to like veg out and do but then when you're actually told that you need to stay in it's when you actually want to be out more. And yes. I just feel like, I feel, I literally feel like a prisoner in my own home to a certain extent. But like you said, Jay, to your point, um, I think this, any situation like this can either bring the best out of us or the worst in us. And I think that when we do look at the bigger picture, we have to realize where we are um, in comparison to you know, the elderly, for example, you know, I've been getting a lot of, um, they're the ones that are at the higher, at the highest risk of, con of contracting this. And um, incredibly, um, for at least from what I've heard up to this point, no kids have been affected. And if they do, yeah. it's very mild, and it's nothing that is super concerning. Um, but yeah, I mean, look around you. I mean, um, be considerate, be uh, aware, understand that, um, even in the news I heard last night, you know, they're, they're urging people to slow down with the grocery shopping. Like food isn't going anywhere. We're not in a state of, 
emergency where there's really, I mean, we have power, we have um, water, yeah. no, we have, yeah. you know, like we have all these things and maybe we're running low on antibacterial soap or whatever the case may be. But if it comes to, to it, I'll wash my hands with dish soap. You know, like yeah. you, you yeah, gotta absolutely. do what you gotta do. Totally. Um, we have to be positive. Yeah, we gotta stay positive. But also be considerate, you know, check in on your neighbors. If there are, um, you have elderly neighbors. I do, I do have one on my own street and we already made it a point to visit and, and check and see if there's anything that they needed. I mean, we have the stamina and the ener energy to still go to the store. Um, you know, just be compassionate and be kind. So yeah, I, I'm That's just praying. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, just say that that's one of the interesting things is is um you just made me think of uh, this quote, which I've been saying probably all week multiple mm -hmm. times, is like circumstances don't make a man, they reveal him or her. Um Amen. and wow. like in situations like that, like how do we respond? And I think I see the anxiety and um and the thing that fear like that I'm fearful of the most is not the virus. It is how people are responding. And like, I'm only going to the store out of fear that there's not gonna be anything left because other people are afraid, but is that continuing to feed into the fear? Yeah. You know, it's a very interesting thing and interesting time and it's, but at the same time we have to be prepared and cautious. Of course. And um, it's that fine balance and, um, and, but I do really hope and I really believe deep down that this is going to make people more conscious of others yeah because we have to like yeah. we're not like, i don't think i don't think we have a choice other than yeah. to really be kind and considerate and and compassionate yeah. at this point yeah yeah. Yeah. We, yeah we won't survive it unless we we are so yeah, yeah for sure i think it's on, too on, i don't know where yeah. jade where you're based but being in manhattan it's creepy because yeah. i feel like as new yorkers we're all very stubborn in the fact that like I'm still going to go out. I'm going to do, you know, live my daily life, which is good to an extent. Um, but when you start to see like now the streets are calm and there's not like, it's quiet. It's like a ghost town. And it's, it's, wow. it's been a little creepy in the city. I think, um, I mean, I'm oh, happy yeah. that people are finally, you know, doing their part and, and staying inside and the social yeah. distancing. It's great because, you know, like you guys said, I have, um, an elderly grandmother who works in a hospital. Like I worry about her every day going yeah. to work or, oh, yeah. you know, my, my friends and my family that work in hospitality and now have no source of income. Like it's affecting people in so many different ways. Um, but I think just being in New York city of all places, it's, totally. you see it from a different side, you know what I mean? It's, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a little creepy. One, one thing right the governor actually this morning he mentioned that I thought was really interesting on, on the last note before we before we move into different mm -hmm. topics, because I know people also want like some light and fun stuff today to listen to, but he had said something so interesting. He said, you know, during this time, it's not about like New York versus Connecticut. So if we shut down things in New York, we're going to apply the same rules for people in Connecticut or New Jersey. It's more of a national and international thing which is what he's saying is we're all equal in this. There's no one better than the other. We all have to fight this together. So it's interesting, Jen, that you said like New Yorkers, we're used to just fighting through everything. We're like, that's mm -hmm. not gonna happen to us. We're right. jaded, we feel mm -hmm. fine. And I think it's important that he even said like, this is a time to spend with your family. Don't think of it as like, oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna panic. I'm gonna lose my money. I don't have anyone to babysit my kids. Like, it's almost like be positive. Like I'm spending more time. Like Vanessa, I think you mentioned something like, yeah, this sucks, but then I get to spend more time with my kids. Yeah. You know, so I think we forget that. We lose sight yeah, of that. Yeah, but after three days, I'm done. I know, you don't feel like, girl, I'm going crazy. After <laughs> like, so uh, I love them, but 
Oh, I don't I love him that much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, sometimes I have to get out of the house because I was because my dad he's pushing seventy, so I'm like helping him because he can't really be out. But I'm like, yeah. dude, if we're together like one more day, I'm scared. I'm you know gonna have to go to the psych ward or something. <laughs> yeah, Stop I, know, <laughs> I, I I believe but, it. Yeah. yeah. But any, anyway, so yeah, so so moving forward, um, we're loving your new show, Jade, of The Magicians. I binge-watched it. We binge-watched it. It's awesome. It's something really new on TV um, that we need. We need a little bit of magic sprinkled in our lives these days. So talk to us about how the show <laughs> came about and, like, why did you choose the show? Like, talk to us about the inspiration behind it. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, technically, it started six years ago, which is crazy to even think about, but I was working on a, uh, a show called Aquarius with David Duchovny and John McNamara um, was the executive producer on that, who is the executive producer of The Magicians. And one day um, he, we were basically in, in the middle of filming and in between takes, he's like, hey, I'm doing this new project. And I was like, amazing. And I just, I admire this person so much. John's incredible. And anything that he's doing, I know is like top tier and, just it would just be an honor to work with him always and so he's like I want you to come in for it and I was like oh, of course okay yeah sure and so originally they called me in for the role of Margot and I don't remember exactly what the breakdown was of the character but I remember it being something along the lines of like a girl from LA I'm from LA originally back and forth from New York to LA but so I have a very specific association with what like an LA girl is. And so I was like, I'm going to bring what I know to be LA, like where they think that they're tougher than they actually are. And like this like <laughs> different persona um, rather than like the typical sort of stereotypical Valley girl. And so I brought that to the character and I get a call that day and they're like, they loved you. And I was like, awesome. And they're like, but not for that role. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> and but it, so the initial script that I read, I started reading it, and I actually really loved this character, Katie. Uh -huh. But she died. Yeah. In the pilot, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that role. Let me go for the role that's bigger. And so I, um, I go for that. Um, basically, essentially, they then are like, we want you to come in for Katie, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess it'll be a one-off. I'll die in the first episode. That's fine. <laughs> Um, but I get a call, uh, saying that they had rewritten the script. I wish I could say that it was about me, but I don't know, <laughs> but they rewrote it and she didn't die. Of course it was, Jane. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so they rewrote the script. She didn't die. Um, and they ended up killing the Dean, which he didn't end up dying either. And basically they rewrite things when they like someone <laughs> is what I've learned. That's hysterical. Um, so... They, yeah, I went in for that role and um, met with the director and, you know, got it and started, you know, working with them. And we got to shoot in New Orleans initially for the pilot. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, gosh, that was, I think, was that 2013? Jeez. Oh, wow. 2013, wow. 2014? Yeah. Um, 2014, I guess. And, um, yeah. And then we've been five seasons strong is kind of amazing I mean you know that it's been it's since not been renewed but it wasn't because it, the fans didn't love it or the studio didn't believe in it it's just things after a while I think get expensive and um they just couldn't sustain something that was of that caliber anymore okay. but yeah, the fans are really, didn't love it very much so it's been an amazing well, 
the good thing is they can binge watch it now, right? On Netflix. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's well, like, if you're all listening time. right now, there's yeah. no excuses. You better get your ice cream and you you're, better quarantine yourself and watch literally have the nothing else to do. Yeah, right you have plenty of time. <laughs> oh, you know, wait, besides listening to the Bella podcast, of course. Of course but and like, there's literally show. nothing else to do other than the moment you're done with this, then you go to Netflix, watch and watch. Yeah, well, technically season five is not on Netflix yet, so I will just yeah. say that. Yeah. Season five will be released mm -hmm. probably in December, but you can get it on iTunes. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, nice. Okay, awesome. very cool. We'll get it in other, other and, ways or on, or on sci-fi. And Jade, for, yeah. for those of you who, for those of us who don't know the premise of the show, can you give us like yeah. a quick synopsis of the premise of the show? Think Harry Potter for adults. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Perfect. It's really simple. Um, essentially, it's these. Um, it's an ensemble cast, um, and it basically follows these. I want to say kids, but we all grew up well, on this like college students. Like it's college. It's grad yeah. students. Yeah, it's grad, grad students. students. Yeah. So grad kids, grad students that um, basically are are placed in this school that they initially don't know what their, the placement is for. Some of them know, some of them don't. Um, but some of them don't realize that they have these magical abilities and then they get placed into this school that's kind of like Hogwarts mm -hmm. where it's all magic and it's like they get to learn to hone their crafts and then also realize that there's a whole other world besides like the real world that we live in that um, where they have to really deal with magic and um sort of the repercussions of what that is like you know I think of that phrase absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah and there's more magic there's more problems and so we really see that with this show I think one of the things that I, I really enjoyed especially watching with my 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 kids are um they're just way too advanced for their age I'm just gonna leave it at yeah. that <laughs> as young as they are they just um they get a lot of um like heavy topics and I think that you guys deal with um you know there's insecurities and there's um self-confidence and there's a lot of um and even bullying and and you know there's things that happen that yeah. you talk about and deal with in the show that i feel you know because as a parent you know your worst fear is that you you you're not teaching your children how to deal with these things in the real world um but um, when they find a cool show that they can, you know, relate a topic to, and I think that they can learn in that way, it just makes it easier on us to be able to, yeah. you know, educate and mold um, their minds because it's not us telling them; it's you know, a okay. character on the on a show that they love, and they're like, oh, okay, I can, you know, do the same, or I can, I'm gonna try to. So it's really, really um, exciting, and I think that you guys deal with like very yeah. real uh, topics that are very relatable to the real life. So I. Totally. As a parent, vouching in. <laughs> yeah, and so much. Yeah. On that yeah. note, on that note, I think it's interesting that you said, Jade, too, and that even though you guys are, you know, are magicians and there's magic, you, you know, sometimes you think someone who has magic, they have these superpowers in real life, yeah. and you don't realize that you guys are also experiencing the same things we all, as human beings, experience, which is whether you have the secret power sauce or that magic you don't yeah. always necessarily get what you want in life or not everything is perfectly, you know, the way you want it. Right. So, yeah. you know, how much of that does that apply to your life in general or all of our lives? If we can all take a, a moment each to go around and, you know, and how do you, how do you cope with sprinkle, sprinkling your own magic, I guess. Right. Cause we all have like our own magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think it's, this show does a beautiful job of, um, really like 
talking about these, like you just said, talking about these important topics uh, in a very fantastical way that makes it relatable and understandable and sort of palpable. Because sometimes like those topics can be really heavy, but when you sprinkle magic, it feels like, oh, there's something that feels like it gives it some some levity and, and a different understanding. Yeah. Um, and what's beautiful is, yeah, these the characters that they've created and the stories um, like you said, they talk about mental health. They talk about addiction. We talk about like cho pro like choice, what yeah. choices like as yeah. a as a woman. Yeah. Uh, they talk about um, you know um, like gender, sexuality, all of it. And I think it's so so important um, to to represent the whole of humanity. And they really do that with the show, where they like it. It allows us to feel like we can be human and we can have issues, but that like at the end of the day, um, that that's a beautiful thing. And I think that in and of itself is magical. Like yeah. that we're human, that we're yeah. human, we're all dealing with stuff, we all have um, struggles, but if we can have empathy and understanding for one another in the midst of that, I think that's the most magical thing. That's awesome. Vanessa, what about you? Do you have any, any um, like a story with you know, your own magic? Um, I just, you know, I, I, I find myself to be a, um, you know, my mother, my mother always tells me now as an adult, she says, you know, don't be like I was, you know, don't be so soft. Don't be so, um, and I have a tendency of being, um, of having a lot of empathy and compassion for others, especially people who are struggling or going through something difficult, women especially. Um, I just feel that that is our responsibility as just human beings um, to really not make another person's life impossible. And if you can translate that into magic, it's just, you know, working with people, uh, having great communication, um, breaking things down so that we can both be on the same page um, with whether we have differences because, you know, we're in this era where, you know, what you say can have so many connotations and so many repercussions um, as opposed to, you know, feeding into like the call out culture, which we've talked, we've talked about so much before. Uh, instead of adding to that, trying to like diffuse it, you know, I posted something even last week with the whole, thing before like this mass hysteria really begun over this weekend with this coronavirus thing it's just you know take a second educate yourself instead of sharing like you know some sort of um social media post that will just create more chaos how about we just be more mindful and share something that can just bring light or humor or positivity um you know things of that nature i mean i just try to hopefully when people meet me they've left better than when they came um, because I do genuinely try. And it's not to say that I don't mess it up because I'm human and I do, but for the most part, I just try to be kind. And, um, and you know, when you're, when you are kind and when you are, you know, that will come back to you in some way, shape or form. So that, that's all I can say to that. Jen. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, and not as, you know, like a shameless podcast plug, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think sometimes um, talking is, is the best therapy. And I think, you know, hearing other people talk about things that they've been through and things that maybe, you know, 
weren't necessarily acceptable to talk about before, you know, people are now sharing their stories and being authentic and, you know, talking about things that happened to them in their lives. Um, and sometimes hearing someone else's story and knowing that, you know, you're not alone in it and other people are going through it and they've felt it and faced it and come out on the other side, I think sometimes is, you know, magic in itself is, you know, hearing that we're all in this together. Um, and, you know, everyone's been there and there is a light at the end of it. So, you know, I think that's why podcasts, especially right now, are so popular. People are finding their voices and coming out of the woodwork and sharing their stories and their ideas and opinions on so many different things. And I think really just talking, like you feel it, it's very therapeutic when you can open up and, and share and relate to someone else. And I think, um, you know, that's why when we do these things, it's so nice to be able to just chat and, you know, shoot the shit, excuse my language, but oh, sometimes no, it's, we encourage it. <laughs> but sometimes it's, yeah. it's nice to talk about these things and know that, you know, you can share in a safe space and that people understand you and they listen and support you. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, a little bit of daily magic that we are helping everyone with. Yeah, totally. I think, I think magic, yeah, I, just to piggyback off all of what all of you are saying, because it's so powerful and amazing. I think I think your support system is definitely magical. I feel like you're my magic, all of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm not going to cry, promise. But, um, <laughs> you're crying. No, I'm not crying. You're crying. I am. I'm crying. Vanessa <laughs> knows me. She's like, but I'll you cry. You cry every day. You know, Rod. But I think it's important to, like, admit who helps you create magic. So I feel like a lot of my magic comes from or a lot of positivity around the women who have like been around you to like say hey you can do this you don't need to second guess yourself and like you're saying the communication being on the same page with people instead of coming down on them explaining to them why certain things work and certain things don't and I think when I have that kind of support system around me I I don't know if you guys feel this way but you feel like endless you feel like yeah. you're limitless you yeah. there are no limits so you feel like you can keep going and going with those same people and produce magic and I definitely think without shamelessly plugging but podcasting is a form of magic in its own because you are creating a safe space for people you are creating this magical kingdom for people whether whether that you want to say oh you're putting your rose colored glasses on because you're picking the podcast you want to listen to I think sometimes that's in the magic is just putting those blinders on not all the time I'm not saying don't be a real realistic but there is a time and place to dream there is a time and place to sprinkle some magic in your life. I don't believe in always being negative and feeling like there's a no, there's a no or an excuse to everything. So I think the bigger metaphor here is like, how do we create our own magic and, and taking it from the different people's influences and sprinkling into our own lives? You know, everyone's like, how do you guys do this all the time? I don't think it's, I just don't think we're magicians and like we're, we have specific ingredients. We're talking to Jade, of course we are. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. And that's no. not, yeah, but not to bring it back to the corona, but like, look at, I mean, Tom Hanks, Rita, you know, Rita Wilson, like all these people who I were my like heroes, who I felt were yeah. were just magical people and nothing would ever happen to them. They're human. Things yeah. happen, you know, that just shows our point. I was going to say yeah. to your point of um, allowing yourself to be, to, um, you know, to put the rose colored glasses on. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of John Maxwell, yeah. um, but he has, um, several books, I mean, multiple best-selling books, and he's just an amazing speaker or whatever. Um, one of the last books that I read from him, I can't remember, um, maybe it's the, 
the leader within 2.0 or something like that. It talks, it really talks about, um, it delves deep into, especially for creative people to make it a point to block out time in their day to just be, to like no distractions, um, no phone calls, no meetings, just a space for your mind to kind of like unwind and be able to process information that you've either read, music that you've listened to, a show that you've watched, because our mind needs to be able to wonder at points, to be able to then produce amazing content. So, yeah. you know, it's something that I learned years ago, I guess when I read it in his book, I was like, oh, so there's, there is like, this actually makes total sense where you can, I would just sit on my balcony and just sit there and rock in my chair and just allow myself to just be in, you know, we've called it daydreaming. We've called it, you know, there's so many terminology, but it really does allow you to connect to your humanity, connect to your sensibilities. Um, and to then, um, that's what, <laughs> that's why I come back to you, Jen, you're going to think I'm crazy, but here's what I thought about yesterday, you know, <laughs> and I literally will sit there and, and we need those moments and, um, of just sitting with ourselves, um, allowing our thoughts to, to flood us in the sense that, you know, obviously with some sort of direction and sometimes even not, you know, um, I practice meditation. So I know that that, um, can be confusing for people, but you know, cause they're like, how could you just sit there and like breathe? And, try, and it's like, it's not just sitting there and breathing. It's allowing yourself to just be in tune with your heart, with your mind, um, Absolutely. And process, you know, everything that may be coming at you from all these different ways. And in a business like ours, um, where you have to constantly be like reinventing what the next story is going to be or how we're going to tweak and, and what's the hook for this and what's the hook for that. I'm, I'm kind of um, very grateful in a sense that we're like not a hard news media outlet because I can't imagine having to produce, you know, content every hour or every day in, in a way that it's that is to a point like fabricated. Um, a lot of our stories, if not 99.9% .9 of them are from the creative juices, you know, from all of our writers, from our team. Um, and that's really so special and it is magical. So, um, yeah. just my two cents with that, like allow yourself to really just be, um, and, and engage in your thoughts and you'd be surprised at what can come from those moments. Totally. And to come totally. Yeah. with all just sort of the magical talk and, um, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I also believe like you were just talking about how like our mind works and I, that fascinates me yeah. so much. Like how, and just going back to the correlation to the show, mm -hmm. Owen um, is the most magical thing that we're all these like 50 trillion unique cells in our yeah. body. Yeah. Like each of us are like our magical, yeah. our own magical entities and like unique beings. And I think that in and of itself is something to be celebrated and, and I really hope that people um, truly find the magic within themselves yeah. and realize that they are magical. Totally. Totally. Have you guys eat, read, read or watched the book, The Secret? I mean, it's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Where it says, I never understood it. Like I kept re reading it and reading it and, it would, and they would say, you know, if you put your thoughts out there, the positive th thoughts, you'll attract them. And I never understood what that meant because I would try and practice and it wouldn't happen until like, you really doing it every day and it, it does it really happens when you find I, I like that when you find the magic in yourself yeah. it will happen yeah, you know it's just, there's no secret I don't think there's a secret sauce that's the thing people ask me all the time like what's your secret sauce there there is no secret sauce it's like everyone has their own magic that they should embrace you know Absolutely. 
speaking of magic and International Women's Women's Month, Happy International Women's Month, you ladies, you beautiful, amazing creatures. <laughs> and we are gonna we're gonna honor that and segue a little bit and talk about how women are magical and female empowerment is a hundred percent magical and I feel it every day. I don't know about you ladies, but talk to us about how women have evolved in history since obviously the nineteen twenties till now. Has things have things progressed in your opinion or have things stayed the same in a lot of situations? And how have us women overcome, like, been these magical creatures? Why do you feel like women specifically are magical? Jade, you could take the floor, or Vanessa first. Um, gosh, I could go on about this forever. I don't know if you guys know I'm an ambassador for the National Women's History Museum, and we talk about this a lot. Well, That's now funny. we do, and we're going to be great. Call, calling you for other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. we just had our um, on International Women's Day last mm -hmm. Sunday. Mm -hmm. We had our big um, award ceremony gala where we got to honor some, some women, but we also announced that in 2021, we are going to finally have the first brick and mortar National Women's History Museum. Because if you can believe it, um, there is no museum that honors women. Oh, wow. Of course, we can believe that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the National Women's History Museum. I'm like mad for that right now. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's only been an online platform forever. So if we really look at like facts, so nine percent of our history museums depict women. Nine percent. And the way that the Women's History Museum um, was birthed was they were at this like a couple of women were at the Smithsonian and realized that there were no um, sort of monuments or anything of the suffragettes. And so they realized that there was a monument, but it was in the basement of the Smithsonian. And so they fought for years to get it out. And the reason, their, their excuse as to why they didn't want it on the floor was because they said it was unattractive. <laughs> well, gee, thanks. <laughs> yeah, if you can believe that. So um, I think we've come a very, very long way. And that was mm -hmm. like 40 years in the making at this point. So probably, you know, in the, in the 80s, this, this started happening. I'm gonna move my computer just because Apparently, gardeners are not quarantining themselves. <laughs> um, no, they're not, which is great. <laughs> I don't know. Thanks, gardeners. All your corona is going to be in our food right now. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the best place I can be. So let me know if you can hear me okay. Otherwise, you're fine. Um, I just feel like I keep getting closer. <laughs> Blowing the corona at us. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, on a more important topic, um, yeah, so essentially 9% of our history museums depict women, only 14% um, of our US history books depict women. And so um, we've been really fighting to change that and fighting for education. And um, I mean, we've seen with the Me Too, Time's Up, all of these various movements, we've like, it's so much has come to light that maybe wasn't before. Um, there's everything from, there was, oh gosh, I forgot the name of it, but there was essentially a rule in the entertainment industry in and of itself where if a man's leg was on the floor, but he could do anything he wanted to a woman, it wasn't rape as long as his foot was on the floor. Like it's the wow. Not what, yet. What, say what now? <laughs> yeah, I, I have to remember yeah. the name of it, but there's a specific uh -huh. rule. Okay. Um, that was like in clauses, like oh no, if your foot was on the floor, it's not considered great. Okay. <laughs> so. What in the hell does that? I know. I know. <laughs> it's, 
so much. Sorry to interrupt. It's evolved so much. I'm gonna make a joke that a guy. Now that a guy coughs on us, it's like we can call rape. But yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And, Sorry. and uh, along with Corona, but um, yeah. <laughs> it's really fascinating um, just to hear the data, just because like I'm originally from the Dominican Republic. So in my country, there is a national center for women and wow. there, I grew up in this culture and I obviously owe that to my mom. Um, if you just go back in history, you know, we come from um, a, a long line of uh, colonialism, yada, yada. Uh, but the biggest um, historic mark, um, like kind of like the stain that um, with regards to women was when Trujillo was uh, a dictator that basically um, claimed women as prizes. And throughout his 40 year tenure, there were a subsequent just um, women kept getting um, basically murdered because if he couldn't have them, then no one could. And this is literally like, this has gone down in history as one, like, as one of like the most horrific um, dictatorships um, and people just in the world, obviously. But he actually ended up um, murdering three sisters. Um, and, and I don't know if you've heard of it, um, Time actually uh, just honored them as one of the through, uh, Time honored them as three of the most uh, in the 100 women of the year uh, for Women's History Month. Um, and I was so touched by that because not many people know the story of these women. These women obviously were all, all three of them were married with children, family, and just refused to be, um, you know, the, his uh, pawn for, and it was all for sexual favors. Like that's, I mean, to speak bluntly, that's what, uh, that's what it was all for. Um, and eventually they ended up being found, um, you know, and it was kind of like this, um, his way of letting, you know, inflicting more fear on people. Um, but that was what the, the, that was the thing that brought basically the country to its knees and then began the, the, the domino effect to eventually get him um, out of government uh, because people were just so disgusted and couldn't believe that, you know, he would go to those lengths of just, you know, um, showing his power um, and it was just, toward, you know, abused towards women. And from that moment on, women are very revered, not to say that it doesn't, that we still haven't, um, are still fighting for, you know, rights and things that may happen. Um, but it's just really, uh, it's a really point in time for me personally, because my mother always brought me up with their story and mine, you know, these three sisters, da da da, um, always. And I think that's kind of like, th those are the examples that I have to look back on um, and probably why I'm such a hard ass to a certain extent as a woman and kind of have never been, um, I mean, it took me like a while to get there, but as an adult, when I began fighting for my own rights and just kind of claiming my space um, and then moving here to the States where literally, you know, when you have a voice and you're listened to, um, I can say um, with regards to your question, Chanel, that, you know, we have come a long way um, in the sense that we are now obviously listened to more than we were before. Um, and that's really important. I think that women, um, you know, it, like in my country, um, maternity leaves are mandatory. And um, if you for any re and you get six months paid maternity leave, like, and that's, that's been happening for, 
you know, years. Um, for, and that, for, for that to be happening here in the United States only recently um, was actually quite shocking to me because when I worked before Bella and all of these things, when I worked, um, you know, my husband came home and he did the math. So he's like, if you want to go back to work, you're literally going to be working to pay, you know, a daycare. So in, in, in my head, I was like, oh my God. Okay. So coming home to pay for day, I mean, you know, like not even being home, not being around my kids to pay for daycare. Um, it forces you to look at your choices, right? Like, um, pro professionally you're either, okay, is it my family? And that's, that's such a difficult, uh, position to be in when you're literally choosing between your profession and your family. Um, and everybody will say, well, obviously family first, but you know, I always say that, um, that isn't as healthy as it sounds because as women, like that's not the only thing that we are on this earth to do is to just become mothers and wives. And, um, you know, and I can talk so much about that alone, but, um, you know, we, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, no. no, sorry. I thought it, it's sorry. I thought it broke, broke up. Go on. Yeah. No, I just feel like we've come such a long way with regards to our rights and where we stand. Um, and I personally am super proud of the fact that we've built a company that is rooted on just women power and everybody has their own uh, voice and they can bring their ideas um, uh, to the table and be taken seriously and you know have those ideas actually be pursued and be put into place um i think it starts with you know uh having a company mm -hmm. culture in that sense that um you know helps and supports women just rise also to the occasion so um i can't imagine for you jade though how difficult um because you know as i believe you're fighting for your own space there's a, you're, you're not just for yours but you're fighting for others and you know i can imagine that it's a very obviously competitive um, industry and position to be in, um, and you, and understanding that, you know, if a fellow colleague didn't get the role, but you did, um, you find yourselves, I assume, in a, in kind of like that, Ooh, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you like catch 22, actually, yeah. yeah. I actually don't feel that way, but I think I'm, I have a very unique mindset on it, okay. but most people do feel that way. Yeah. I'd say for me, because I know that 90% of why somebody chooses you has nothing to do with who you are yeah. and nothing to do with your abilities. Wow. 10% of it That's powerful. That's is who powerful. you are and your talent. The other 90% is opinion. It's what, the, what they had envisioned. You might like be playing somebody's love interest, but you look like their brother. You know, you never know what the reason is yeah. behind it. And so we really can't take it personally. And if we can like, and, there, and we also have to have trust and faith that whatever job is meant for us, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. Yeah. And if you believe in the work and you believe in, like for me, I believe in it so much because like you were talking about earlier about like the relatability and communication and, and um, I think with storytelling, we feel that we feel that depth of connection yeah. and human understanding and we feel like we're not alone in this yeah. crazy world, right? You know? And um, so for me, uh, I don't feel that sense of, oh, they got it and I didn't. Uh, I mean, there's like, of course, tinges of that sometimes. And then I remind myself, I'm like, no, that's like silly. That's, that's just ego, right? Yeah. But underneath of that, like, that was meant for them. And I know the right thing is going to be meant for me. And I think yeah. if we can continue to look at it like that, we can continue to lift one another up instead of fighting against one another. 
um, and having empathy for one another. Like it's something that I, uh, I don't wanna say fight for because I think has a negative connotation, but I, I advocate for. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like I'm similar where in a sense where because I was raised, I was raised Colombian and Israeli and in those cultures, yeah, both Israeli. cultures. <laughs> are, you <Israeli? laughs> are you Israeli, Jay? I'm actually Israeli. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, I love that. Um, so like my, fa my father and mom, as you can understand, and Vanessa, I mean, all of us have come from different backgrounds, even Jen, we, multicultural backgrounds. I was really trained as a kid, like, always silence yourself, always be polite, always kind of like beat everyone's drum. And I didn't understand, I, as I got older, I would always fight, not fight physically, but fight my own way through everything, especially in the entertainment industry, because I knew that's where I wanted to be. I never realized that it was hard in general for women. Cause you know, you're raised, I was raised by an Israeli father. I was always his little princess. So you're not, you're sheltered. You're not on the, in the outside world really fighting these battles that other women in history had to fight for us. Yeah. Like we were lucky yeah. to have these women fighting for us every day, including all this, all three of you who fight every day for us women to have these voices. And so I think that I, I think we've made definitely big strides and a movement, but I think that there's, there needs to be more work and more conversation to be had with men, especially in the entertainment industry that like I come from radio and, and, and podcasting. And I think yeah. we've made movements, but we need to make more movements, if that makes sense. I don't know if you ever feel I, like, I like with women between to, women, you know what I and, mean? Women between women. And I mean, just to add to that, I think that, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it, and, and obviously I'm raising boys. Um, and at mm -hmm. some point, at on some occasions, they come to me and they say, why is it, why is it, and, and this is from what they see, and it's not that I subject them to just like feminist shows, although that would be my <laughs> to every day, but, you know, no, like, to, although that's my goal and my requirement uh, for my two course, sons, for them to get ice cream. Of course, I mean, but they, they've grown up watching um, me, obviously, watch, you know, Oprah and um, just really powerful yeah. women on television who are making strides and whatnot. Um, and my son, my little one has said to me, he's like, why is everything girls, girls, girls? Like he's found himself questioning, you know, why is it just um, only for girls? And I said, it's not just only for girls. And I have had to have the conversation with him. I said, listen, you have to realize that it's always been about the boys for a very, very long time. And we're finally getting our, you know, our foot in the door and we're finally having conversations where girls are being taken into account. So I had to kind of dumb down the, you know, what's happening in the world for him to really be able to relate to it. And, um, but the reality is that more of us need to get comfortable in taking up space, which is, you know, um, we hear it, you know, take up space, show up, uh, power pose, um, you know, wear red lipstick, da da da. We hear all these little things here and there that are, um, you know, meant to be empowering and whatnot. But I feel that, um, you know, I still have colleagues um, after being in business for themselves for, you know, 20 something years that still have a huge problem with just owning you know, um, I guess what, what we have been fighting for, you know, because it feels uncomfortable still. Um, and it's not to say that we have to dismiss the men out of the conversation. I, I have to be honest, you know, my husband in the beginning was not the most supportive of me having a career. He wanted me to be home with our kids. And I was like, you clearly don't remember who you married, you know, like it's not, um, but it, it, it took, compromise and it took time for us to come to a middle ground 
um, of understanding, you know, so I could nurture him in ways that he needed, but also that I could feel supported in the ways that I needed to pursue my career and to pursue my goals and my dreams. Because, you know, you can't have it both ways, but you can't come to a middle uh, ground of understanding and compassion um, where you can both feel supported. You know, he wants a home cooked meal every okay, occasionally. I can make that happen once a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It's, yeah, no, no, on that note, I agree. It's like, it's yeah. compromise because, he, and, but I also think, correct me if I'm wrong. I ha, and I want you guys to answer this. I think it's important for me and everybody else. What do we have to do to educate further men or people in general that have that old school mentality? Like, cause I was thinking about it the other day, my part-time job, I'm like, you know, I work with a lot of men and I'm like, what do I have to do? to continue having them respect me and explaining because saying it to them doesn't always register. Putting a boundary with people doesn't always register. Sometimes it's like you said, Vanessa, like you might risk something like a job or, or because we have to be so careful with this whole cancel culture in general, in general, this culture of offending people. So like, how do you keep your power as a woman and get men to respect you in these jobs, but also create a healthy boundary? Like when do you walk away Right? Like, when do you say, I'm, I'm tired of having this conversation? I can't have it anymore. If you all want to take, Jenny, yeah, I, don't know I, have, if you I have a very interesting perspective on all yeah. of this. I think for me, because um, I always say, like, we can't fight fire with fire. And I, right. my cat is going to come say hello in a second. So. <laughs> He's been Aww. trying to. I see you trying to push him. <laughs> oh, no, I can't see anything. I forgot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We welcome you, Kitty. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, like you were talking about your son, for example. And I think, um, I think sometimes when we communicate with people, we're like, oh, well, this is like, this is my time. And this is our time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think it's like when we, I'm not saying that you're like that and you're speaking to your child that way. Um, but I think when we're fighting against people, it doesn't necessarily teach them something different. All it teaches them is more fight and more defense. It's like how we're wired as humans, we're fight, we're, we're wired to survive. And so, um, like the, I think of the Martin Luther King quote, um, uh, hate cannot draw out hate only love can do that mm -hmm. and when we're trying to like fight and be aggressive that's just creating more division between us rather than like if we teach someone hey um it's so important to honor that thing and this is why versus like you need to do that uh and you need to listen to me and like i think like in this like i was part of the me too movement like i was in like the PSA, but I think there is some really positives about it because we, we were able to use our voices and speak up and it's so vital. Just those who are not it's a cat that's in the video. <laughs> um, um, but I think the only way to really truly change things is to teach people lovingly because the only reason why men like there is a patriarchy and men have been operating this way for so long is because they don't know any better. yeah they don't know any better doing this because they were programmed from the previous person that was programmed from the previous person the previous culture in the previous era right like I think it's just so vital that we're like oh you're doing this thing like instead of being like how horrible it's like oh interesting well you're only doing that because you know this thing so let yeah. me teach you something yeah. different let me which is, the, way which is the approach that I take with my own kids. Again, totally. you know, they're, they're like, you know, way advanced for their 
thank God they are. And because I've just had conversations and I'll take them and I'll, you know, and I'll sit there and I'll Google, you know, history and I'll yeah, say, listen, this is what has happened in the past. And this is why you're hearing so much of X, Y, Z happening today. So understand, like, it's not something that we're just doing. It's something that we've been fighting for, for years. Um, and finally, women are getting um, you know, you, you talked about the Me Too movement. I am, you know, a product of Me Too also. Like, I'm a, I, and we, I've spoken openly about this on our podcast. I, I, I was a sexual, I am a sexual assault survivor. My children are um, aware of that to the level that they can understand. Um, mm. And when they've had questions, um, I answer them again to the level. I think the, somebody asked me, like, how my teaching... Um, career influences what I do today. And I think that's where it comes in, right? Where you're able to, because I used to be a, a formerly a teacher, language arts teacher here, <laughs> taught for, for 13 years. Um, but that's where, you know, I guess, you know, the breaking down of information for younger minds or for, you know, is, is um, it's very, comes just naturally for me. But, um, you know, it's being able, just like you said, Jay, to continue the conversation and have a conversation, a productive conversation, as opposed to, well, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm a feminist or right, like, you don't right, like yelling at them, right, like you don't respect me, so well, I'm, right, and I think no the reality is that people don't understand what being a feminist is real is really about. Really you know, about. people people mm -hmm. and still equate it to man hating, and I have this conversation. You know, I've had it um, still in 2020, and you're and you're just sitting there like, really, like, are, are we are we still there where um, you can equate that to man? And it has nothing to do with that. All we're doing is fighting for the same rights that you do. That yeah. you have you know like that's all that's what feminism really is so exactly yeah and it's like what you guys are saying like explaining from like a loving space like i remember recently this that one of the guys that i work with was saying well here are my needs and what i need you to do and i said it i could have gotten angry which usually i do lose my you know my cool and i go coco loco mindset but i was <laughs> like you know what let me just explain to him from a loving place i said i respect your needs but these are my needs too and you want something for me and I don't really need something from you, but I want to be an open-minded person because that's what a smart human being in general does. And I said, how can we work together to compromise? And I think being honest, like you guys are saying, communicating your real thoughts, your real dreams, whether they want to hear you or not, because a man, when, I don't like to say all men, but most men I've encountered will like to turn it around on you, but also women. It's not just a man thing. Yeah. I think it's how you go about it. And I think it's constantly having these conversations and influencing but other people I've to had, listen to these conversations. I've had colleagues and friends that are naturally um, just reject the terminology of being a feminist. Like it's just because they have like, it has like a negative connotation. Um, and which again, you know, don't understand it, but at the same time I can, because it's been always translated as, something negative um, and being in this constant, you know, girl power mode and, um, you know, putting your fists up in the air and kind of fighting where, you know, you take the high road and like Jay said, have a conversation, educate, come from a place of love. Um, and you can definitely, um, what's the quote you can, um, the honeys, more honeys with honey. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> with the, you know what I'm saying? Um, that quote, <laughs> where you can attract more, more people with honey. Oh yeah, with you can, the honey. 
Which yeah. I never understood that saying because it's like you're attracting a bee fest to be dead. But okay, yeah. you're, you're, you're yeah. putting yourself no, like, in a... But, well, but what I'm saying is the, 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 the metaphor really is, you know, you're, you're going to get more out of people um, by, you know, coming from a place of inclusion as opposed to because we don't believe in this, then you can't be a part of. But, you know, and you don't necessarily have to agree with certain things. Um, but if they can understand, they may come from a place of empathy as opposed to complete, you know, uh, just yeah, rejection. So, yeah. Totally. Um, Jen, did you want to add something too? Yeah, I think I just, um, and going back to, you know, what Jade said, how, you know, you drowned out hate with love and not hate. And I know at least like for me personally, um, you know, growing up, my stepfather, who, you know, isn't in my life anymore, thank God, um, but he would say, you know, women should be seen and not heard, and it, that definitely made me louder, gave me more of a voice, you know what I mean, but I think ultimately, mm -hmm. you know, my mom watching, you know, a single mother raise three kids and work two jobs, and her strength, and, and the um, things she instilled on my brothers, I think that had more of an impact on me than my hate towards him, you know what I mean? So yeah, like I got loud and I got angry and it, it gave me a voice, but I think seeing her and how strong she was and all of the positive things that she was, you know, putting back into our lives, that's ultimately what, you know, gave me a voice and made me kind of speak up. So I a hundred percent agree. Like we want to get angry sometimes and, and it's very easy to, but I think, you know, having other empowering women in your life and supporting each other ultimately is at least for me, what, you know, gave me my voice and, and, you know, changed my perception of women and women's rights and things like that. Thank you for sharing that. Totally. I think that came up when you said that, which um, I had an acting coach, my mentor um, say to me once, uh, you're only as angry as you are hurt. And when you were saying that about like women should be seen, not heard, like my, my dad's favorite quote was keep crying. I'll give you something to cry about. And yeah. it's like, we learn these, these beliefs based on what they say, like what people say to us at such a young age. And they say from the time we're born to the time we're, we're seven to nine is when we really learn about what the world looks like. And I feel like we're as a humanity learning our truth versus what we've been taught to believe. And it's so important that like, even like understanding like, oh, I don't know, for me, I feel like when I look at somebody else with empathy, even, even though they were projecting hatred or upset onto me, it makes me go, oh, then that, that isn't true. What's true is that they were hurt. Like my dad was hurt and scared yeah. and didn't know how to deal with it. And he projected that onto me. And so I'm not going to take that as a belief. What do I believe? I know that I'm strong and vulnerability and emotion is powerful. You know, it's like so reassociating and creating a different belief system than what we what we were taught. I love that you're saying that um, my dad would always shush me. It was like, shh, so loud. Shh, you're so loud. Right. Um, and I think my loudness obviously came from my mom who divorced him for, you know, um, reasons like, you know, she wanted to pursue her career also. I mean, he would, for, and other reasons, which I'm not going to get into here, but um, just, you know, my mother always made sure that, you know, again, belief systems and what we see and what we learn, um, just always, um, you know, 
just said to me, you know, you don't, you never need a man to uh, pave the way for you. You have to have your own mind. Like that sense of independence um, was just always very important. She instilled that in me from a very young age. And now as a mother of boys, mm. um, it's, you find yourself in this delicate balance of, you know, um, the best advice that someone gave me when I had had my first son was you have them. And then the minute that they are born, you have to learn to let them go. And there is, I mean, I could cry because it is the truth. I mean, you have them, you have your children, but they aren't yours. You know, they really are not. They're their own beings. And you have to learn. You, the best thing that you could do as a parent is to teach them to stand on their own two feet. And that's yeah. a very, very challenging and difficult act of compassion, empathy, empathy, love, because our tendency is to make them as we are, right? You know, or give them what we didn't have or, um, but in a sense, you know, I find myself um, creating opportunities for my children to discover like their own passions and um, which is why they've gone the routes that they're gone. Um, and sometimes I find myself questioning my parenting, like, oh my God, am I being too philosophical? Am I being too, um, and that's just, you know, when you, when y'all have your own children, you will realize like that's a constant, um, because am I doing this right? Am I going to, am I going to fuck them up or am I going to like make them, you know, better human beings than I could have ever dreamed of being, but it's that constant belief. Like the one thing that I've always, is that you're capable of whatever you set your mind to and you're capable of doing and accomplishing whatever you want to pursue. There's nothing that I could say or do that can make you, um, be more, do more. You have to want it for yourself and you have to do it. I can give you tools and resources and then you have to, you know, take the leap and, and go about your way. Um, so I think that even if we, in like that record that we have been um, listening to in our head, um, allow ourselves to get out of our head and, and like, um, just know that there's resources, women out there who are putting positive things out, um, that you can rewire, you know, those belief systems. Um, and even if you don't have the means to do it, there's so many, um, just, there's so many tools available to you online. There's so many people that if you do reach out that, um, will support you. There's so many books that are available and, you know, cause I, 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 for a while thought that there was nothing, you know, that could help me, you know, get out of the rut that I was in, et cetera. But then realizing that there are communities, there are organizations, there are people that you can talk to, to, rewire your, your, your mind, um, to know that, you know, there are other ways of living life. Um, I just wanted to jump in and say that because I totally, yeah. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, I wanted mm -hmm. to ask each of you, what is, so it's a two part question. Um, what do you think it takes to be successful as a female in the entertainment industry? Let's start with that. And then the second part to that question is what's one tip of magic that you would offer each of us to sprinkle in our own lives for a better life? Jade, take it away. You're loving our loaded questions, right? It's I love them, actually. That makes me so happy. <laughs> no, it really does. Um, yeah, the first thing that came to me was like, I've done a lot of like self-development work and something that we really work on, or a phrase is focus out. Because when we think that uh, when we're sort of immersed in our own problems or um, 
feel like we're drowning at any given moment, the moment we focus on helping somebody or just a little random act of kindness, it's when we are able to give that love, like the giving is in, the, like the getting is in the given. When we give that, we can feel better about ourselves. We can get out of our own way. We can get out of our own ego and our own problems to realize that there are other people struggling out there. And so I think the little bit of magic is like a little random act of kindness or just smiling at people right now. Like I saw so many people just avoiding people at the grocery store and they were terrified of one another. Go smile at someone. Say hi from six feet away. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're out and about or, or call somebody um, like my, my, my partner was giving me a list of like um, elderly, like old folks homes and, and people like elderly people to call to check in on um, like things like that, that I think will create more, um, more connection rather than division. And I think that's what we really need right now. Um, and the other question you asked, I got really excited about that one. I forgot what the first question was. <laughs> one <of the> <laughs> What does it take to be successful as a female? Ah, what it takes that was it. How could I forget that one? Uh, that one, you know, I think in the entertainment industry, it's a very interesting industry because we, um, a lot of it is based on the opinion of others. It just is. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes, like, there's a lot of rejection or people saying no. And I was just explaining this yesterday um, that I was you know, it took me 10 years to like, quote unquote, make it in the industry. But I think what it takes is a belief in what you're doing and making sure that you're doing it because you truly love it and you truly believe in it. Because if you're doing it for anyone else, if you're doing it for validation, if you're doing it for like financial gain, that is not a reason to do it. And people, people feel that and, um, and you won't be satisfied. So I think finding the truth of like what make, brings you joy and what makes you happy and pursuing that with the entirety of your being. And so number one, belief in it, belief in what you're doing, belief that it's, um, that it's something like I, I used to think when I, when I wasn't making it, um, <laughs> I used to think, could I do anything else with my life? would anything else make me happy? And the answer was no. And I was like, then I can't do anything else. Yeah. Even if it meant like waiting tables, you know, general managing restaurants and bars, which I did, um, and doing the acting on the side, I needed to do that because it made me so happy. Um, so that belief, um, because I think, especially from like an acting perspective, if you're going into an audition thinking, oh, I need to get this because I need to like, I need to for like to prove myself or to make money they feel that rather than going in and going in from a place of what is this character feeling? What, what is, uh, am I honoring like the work itself? Yeah. Um, and then also professionalism. I, and I'm, I am not one to toot my own horn, but I'm going to do that right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> go girl, you go girl. <laughs> I'm going to do it also like confidence. So well, two things. One confidence is huge. Um, if we don't believe it, nobody else will believe it. 100%. We don't believe in ourselves. Nobody else will believe in us. And, and that took me a long time. I was like, I, I would say like 90% of it is confidence and the other 10% is, is like the work itself. Um, so confidence in it. Otherwise, you're going to let all of your, your inner dialogue and fear and worry and doubt like overthrow the rest. Um, so confidence and also the, the way that I was going to toot my own horn is that I show up professionally. I am always prepared. I always know my lines frontwards and backwards and I know other people's lines. Um, and so people want to work with me. 
the, the reason why I've been successful. I literally went from job to job to job because somebody was like, great, I love you for this. We're going to call you in and, and bring you in for another couple episodes. Great. I love you for this. I'm going to call you in for another one. Oh, I'm doing this other show. I'm going to bring you in for that because I show up with professionalism and, um, and kindness always that, and also totally. I, like, I never treat anybody as less than like uh, for me like there's you know at lunchtime with all of our crew I mm -hmm. don't ever go in the front of the line that that doesn't feel good for me like I'll, they work just as hard like it's about treating people like equals and coming and working professionally and um yeah and with great work ethic I love that. I think that's important mm -hmm. with the work ethic on that note because I think a lot of people ask us you know how do you well, the last Vanessa or the last me or the last Jen or the last anybody, I'm sure you all the time, how do you become successful? How do you do the things you do? I think being professional is number one and showing up. I don't think a lot of people are like, I just want it. I deserve it. I need it. It should happen for me. I, I'm more talented than everyone, but then they don't put, what, what is that thing? If they put their foot where their mouth is, like put your money where your mouth is kind of thing. Like if you're going to, if you really feel that way, why aren't you doing the work? Why aren't you investing in yourself? So I, I think it's important for someone who is successful like you and all of us to just give that advice to people so that we encourage them and drive them to want to work. It's cool to work. It's not, it's uncool to feel like you deserve it because you're you. I, I just, to me, that's been my experience. But Vanessa, why don't you chime in on that um, too about magic and success uh, in, in the industry? I, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to add to just being successful in the industry because this is something that I get mm -hmm. asked a lot um, with regards to Bella now. It's like, oh, so how does one go from, you know, working in it to then owning it? And I'm like, number one, you buy it. Money. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, that's <laughs> Money. Um, and yep. to the point so of, you know. Way, sorry to interrupt, Vanessa. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it's good you're saying that a lot of people don't get that sometimes financially you got to invest in yourself in this industry no well, one's coming to and, take and, a chance and rescue you but what also aside from that you know because it's i'm so glad that you even spoke to this jade you know about just you know continuing to be humble and being you know yourself uh throughout no matter what level of fame that you acquire um it's because i've done it all in this job i've done it all i've filmed i've interned i've written i've held the camera i've held the flash i've like i've been in this for a very long time and i have some, no shame if the roles have to be reversed for whatever reason um because i know that i'm capable of doing it because i did it but um I, I would never say that i earned it or I, that i deserved it i will say that i worked for it like i worked to get to where i am today um, so when, you know, to your point of professionalism, I don't care how big, how small we show up. Um, if there's somebody that, um, needs our support, especially events that, um, have philanthropical components, I don't care where they are. If the cost speaks to what, um, we are as a company, we will be there because that's something that I think gets a lot of uh, like lost in translation, especially for a media company to then be, you know, because, Oh, it's not, it doesn't fit my brand. It's not, it doesn't, it's not in alignment with the brand. Um, I think humanity, compassion, kindness, um, helping people, uh, being a resource for women and men to just live, 
uh, more authentically and beautiful. That's on brand for us. You know, like Oprah said, love is her brand. Um, I will say that for Bella, it's um, community uh, and just showing compassion and love and support for each other. That's what um, I personally stand for. And that's what the, my team stands for. Um, and there, it's no um, coincidence. You know, you talk a lot about believe. I actually have the, the word believe tattooed on my arm. It's something that I've carried with me uh, for a very long time. If, if you don't believe it, I, you know, Jen and I eat, live, breathe. Bella, like it, it'll literally ooze out of our pores because this is how not just we work, but this is how we live. Um, and it's so, so important that people really understand that um, the amount of work and, and commitment that goes into whatever craft you're in, in this type of industry, you know, it doesn't, you said 10 years, that's typically, that sounds about right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that sounds about right. And it, and the reality is that, you know, unless you have some magical pill to make it to the top and, and it, you know, I don't know, I can't remember who it was. An overnight success takes 10 years. It takes a hundred thousand hours to get, to become, you know, an overnight success. So um, yeah, it's doing the work, showing up no matter how big or small, because you never know. I always say you never know who you're going to meet, even in the shadiest of places that we've shown up to, Jen, because we have, um, <laughs> you know, we've, we've gotten called for to be part. And then we're like, oh God, where are we? But we're here. Don't leave me. And we'll <laughs> arm lock each other, you know, and like, and we're here. And it turns out to be, you know, one of the most magical things that we that we've done you know for um by just being there and by just ha be having a presence there so um you work for it honestly that's my 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 advice you have to and when you start seeing it as because to me this is fun also it's work but we enjoy it um i couldn't imagine myself doing anything else right now but you know i'm 41 years old and here and here i am you know, um, so I, I worked for this. Jen? Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree, you know, with both Jade and Vanessa on, you know, professionalism and kindness and loving what you do. I mean, that really, um, you won't go anywhere without any of those things. Um, but I think one thing, for me at least, uh, both, you know, not only towards being successful, but also, you know, sprinkling some magic in your life, um, is remembering, and this is something that I still struggle with, and I always have to, you know, remind myself of, um, is remembering how far you've come and the things you have accomplished. I think sometimes, at least for me, like we're our own toughest critic, um, and Amen. we can be right in the middle of our own success story, but we don't see it because we think, well, it's not, you know, exactly how it should be, and I'm not there yet, and it could be better, and I could be doing more and working harder, and sometimes we don't realize all of the amazing things we are accomplishing um, and that we are living, you know, our dream and doing what we love. And, you know, we think things, and I'm guilty of this, have to be, you know, on this like certain timeline, right? And, you know, I'm not where I should be and everyone else is doing this and I'm doing this, but sometimes, you know, we are, you know, living our dreams and we are successful and we just don't stop to appreciate it and kind of pat ourselves on the back and, give ourselves, you know, that recognition. Um, and I think sometimes that is what makes you the most successful. You know, you're happy with yourself and where you are and you realize it and you appreciate all the work that you've put in and, you know, what you've accomplished. Um, uh, and I think, totally. yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. On that note, um, I'd like to add like a couple of things. So for me, I think all what all of you are saying is 100% important and you can't get through this industry or life without being kind and, and humble and working hard and investing in yourself and just being, you know, not feeling like you're above. I also feel like it's important, like you said, Jen, not to compare yourself with others. I think in the beginning of my career, you know, I compared myself with everyone, whether I was in radio or television or digital or podcasting. I was like, why am I not getting here? Why am I not getting there? Instead of looking at myself and really diving in and saying, well, you're not doing A, B, and C either. And you're not, you know, working towards that goal like you should be. So I think it's hard to compare because you don't know what other people are going through and you don't know the cards they're being dealt and that's not going to be your situation so if you want to get to where you want to get to it's better not to make excuses and compare yourself it's better to just stay in your lane and focus the other thing i would say is don't think about money like this this opportunity that came to me with joining the bella team and the podcast division was because we had an event i had an event with luann and the housewives i didn't think anything was going to come out of it but the main thing that came out of it for me was being able to collaborate with these incredible women on a monthly basis and produce great podcasting and, and having a platform. And it, it's not ever, it should never be about money or materialistic things because you never know when your big break will be. I never thought I would have that big break. Right now, that's my big, this is my big break. So you just don't want to say no. And also focus on things that, like, if you don't want to be a hairdresser and you want to be an on-air talent, don't work for a salon. You know what I'm saying? Or don't work for this if you don't feel you're going to see yourself. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to the person. Be honest with what you want. Be honest with, with what you need and then focus on that in the most kind and humble way and, and, and help people also. I believe in helping people along the way, not always having like one-sided agendas. If a friend, a friend of mine this morning asked me for help to connect her with somebody that I actually freelance for. I had two decisions. I could have said no because of the competition, which most people do. And instead I was like, no, you got to help because the more positivity and kindness, like you guys are saying, you put out there, it comes back to you tenfold. It's, it's come back to me so many times in so many ways I can't explain. And in, and in a piece of magic, I would say, don't push God away. I'm not pushing God and spirituality, believe me on anybody. I come from a very religious family I don't believe necessarily in religion but I do believe in a higher power and I do believe being close with God and during these times especially prayers go a long way so for me like that's my magic like praying believing in something higher than us higher power knowing it will happen you know not being so hard on yourself like you guys are saying I don't think I don't think that solves anything yeah. so awesome. with that with that how where can everybody follow you Jade um you know, uh, I am on <laughs> all the things. Um, I'm on Jade, J-A-D-E dot T-A-I-L-O-R. And then Twitter at Jade Taylor, T-A-I-L-O-R as well. Um, I, yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram, but, you know, I'm on all the things, all the things. Mm -hmm. Is there and then, anything you know, new that you're working on that we should know about that you can tell us? There yeah. are some new things, but I can't tell you yet. <laughs> But I'm I thought we were friends. I get I get so there are those. definitely things in the works that I'm excited okay. about. Also, I will say like I'm uh, I also have a production company and I direct and write. And so I have some of my own projects that I'm working on right now that I'm really excited about. Amazing. Um one of them um is called Within the Silence, which was a short I did that's gonna do the festival circus circuit soon. Um, which um, 
I mean, I'm going to ruin the ending, but, <laughs> but, but I, uh, I got to work with Marley Matlin, um, who is, if you don't know, she is the only Oscar winning deaf actor, wow. uh, actress. And, um, and I was really inspired by her. And so I wanted to do a, a piece that really honored the deaf community and also domestic violence. And, um, but it's done in a very fantastical way. So very magicians-esque and I'm proud of that one. So, so I'm really excited for that to come out and for people to see it. Well, let us know. Awesome. We'll be your leader. Thank so you. thank you Appreciate so it. much for um, your time, which we know is um, the most precious, precious thing that we can give others right now. Um, so we really appreciate having you on today. Chanel, take it away. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and make sure, make sure you all subscribe, rate, comment, join the conversation. You're not alone. Uh, make sure that you let us know how you feel about all the episodes, the topics, what you want to hear from the Bella team more so. And stay safe, stay healthy. Wash your hands. Come to the podcast. Wash, <laughs> Wash your hands. Like my dad is driving me crazy. Wash your hands yeah. every fucking second. But excuse my language with that. Make sure you also follow us at bellamag.co. Again, at bellamag.co. We have all our updates for everything uh, going on with the magazine, editorial, digital, and the podcast. And thank you, ladies, for being so amazing and a strong yes. force in my life. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Thank so you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.